Simmons. Fly ball, shallow left. Back is Cosma. He'll take it. He'll call. Oh, it's going to drop. It falls. Miscommunication. And the bases are loaded, and Box can't believe it. They're calling it an infield fly rule. You cannot call that no, an infield fly No way. It's too deep. He wasn't camped. Welcome to Infield Fly. This is episode number 24. It is Friday, uh, Friday night, April 12th, 8.45 p.m. Um, ben, joined as always by Blake Rochelle. Big weekend coming up. It's the Masters. Uh, Star Wars trailer dropped today. Game of Thrones final season starts Sunday. A lot of great stuff going on. I'm pumped to be here tonight. We're going to play the show after this. Blake, how you doing? How was your week, man? Uh, it's pretty good. Got a couple wins yesterday. High school team did. So nice to get on the winning side of things. Braves played pretty good against the Rockies on the road. Um, and now they're struggling at home against the Mets. So eh, it's been okay. But I'm off for the weekend, so that makes everything better. And I'm about to grind and get Babe Ruth on the show tonight uh, or this weekend. But I'm looking forward to that. For sure, for sure. Uh, Cardinals going down to Mexico to play this weekend. Forgot to mention that. But we did the the Phillies and A's this week was our two teams. I watched the Phillies. Blake watched the A's. So we're going to get in on those two teams. Um, hit some other MLB highlights. Uh, national championship was Monday night. Going to talk about that a little bit. Virginia coming out on top. Um, Tennessee basketball had a tumultuous week. Looked like their coach might be leaving. Then he came back. We're going to get into that a little bit. Um, but to kick things off, MLB, of course. Um, some teams. Before we get into Phillies and A's, some highlights from the week. Uh, Mike Trout nursing a little bit of a groin strain. He should be back soon. But without him, the Angels have won six straight games. I think they may have lost day to the Cubs. Um, but they were rolling before that. Um, the Yankees lose another player to the injured list. Um, they lose Gary Sanchez to a calf strain. He joins 11 other Yankees on the injured list, including Andujar, Batances, Ellsbury, Stanton, Hicks, Sabathia, Severino, and Tula Witz. That's a lot of major contributors for the Yankees that are banged up, which is kind of allowing Tampa Bay to jump out to an early lead in the AL East. Um, the Mariners keep on rolling. They're 13-2 and two now. They set the record with 15 straight games to open up the season with a home run by uh, D. Gordon, probably the last person that you would think in that lineup to homer, hit one in the 15th game. Um, they're just hitting bombs. Vogelback, Eddie, Santana just hitting tanks. Um, Jacob DeGrom went for the quality start record. And got rocked by uh, who was that that beat them? Was that Minnesota? I think? Minnesota, yep. Because they hit, Minnesota. I think they hit three home runs off of him. Yep. So he has to stay tied with Bob Gibson at 26. 
Um, and then the Cardinals, hottest team in the National League right now, five in a row, swept the Dodgers, who were who were really hot. Um, swept the Dodgers at home, heading down to Mexico to play the Cincinnati Reds. Um, any other highlights I left out there, Blake? Uh, other than Ozzy getting the seven-year, $35 yes. million dollar deal. Ozzy Albies uh, gets an extension from Atlanta. Braves locking up him. Braves uh, look to I'm, – I'm not saying I have any side, any inside scoop, but some reporters around the team seem to think that they're not done with these long-term extensions for these younger players. Um, I've heard three names mentioned. Obviously, Freddie Freeman's deal ends in 2021. They want to go ahead and get him locked up. He's already said he wants to be a Brave for life. Mm-hmm. They want to get that done. Another name, um, Mike fulton if he comes back healthy and returns to form that he was last year, I think you could potentially see him get an extension towards the end of the year into the offseason. And then another guy who was really playing, like my prediction in the preseason, as one of the best shortstops right now in the National League, Dansby Swanson, yeah. absolutely murdering the baseball and playing excellent defense. He's always had the defense. It's always been there. Uh, but we've just been waiting on the bat to come around, and now it, it looks like it might be turning in that direction. So three names right there also to keep keep on, uh, keep on a watch on for more extensions. Um, they called up Alex Jackson. Obviously, a lot of Braves fans know that. Not not good. Uh, I think he yeah. went 0 for 7 to start his MLB Ooh. career. Uh, and then Tyler Flowers came back, and now he's catching the majority of the games. Brian McCann will be back soon. Um, ben, I want to kind of get your take on this because I've seen a lot of baseball writers um, on either side of the fence here. Uh, and I guess I could see both sides. But what is your take on the Albies' extension and kind of this mantra of the Braves really uh, exploited him, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, do you think he was exploited or do you think that this was just something that was a win for both sides? Uh, I mean, he didn't have to sign it, right? If he felt like he was getting exploited, there, there was no They're reason for him to sign that deal. Um, so that, that, I mean, I would say that's a win on both sides and he's still gonna, you know, he still can reach free agency if he wants to after seven mm-hmm. years. How old is he? What? 23. He will be aged. Uh, over he'll be over thirty whenever he his contract expires. After but not not by much though, right? He'll no no no. He'll be that. he'll be thirty, but he'll okay. He'll yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So he's mark. he still could have you know he could still sign a decent deal at the end of that. No, I, I don't think that I don't think that the Braves are ripping him off. He didn't have to sign it if he felt that way, but he he did. I mean, I think it's a really good deal for Atlanta. They're getting a an all star second baseman for you know just a couple million dollars a year. Um, but I would say good deal for both sides. Yeah. I saw a tweet from a, uh, a lady who is, she has a PhD after her name. I kind of questioned it after I saw her tweet. Uh, it's actually in psychology. So that's probably why she doesn't know what she's <laughs> talking about when it comes to baseball, yep. but how the Braves, you know, the big trouble they got in with, uh, you know, doing some illegal benefits to, Mm-hmm. drafting players and uh, international free agents said, wouldn't you know the Braves are going to exploit and save money on another international player. That's complete. Those things do not correlate whatsoever because when right. they were giving them illegal benefits, they were giving them more money than they were telling, which is good for the player. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Oh, and by the way, the play when they did get caught, those players still got that money, and they got to sign a new deal with a new team. So yeah, and I mean, doesn't Albies have an agent? Like he's not just negotiating this on his own. Exactly. And another thing is not just the money that the Braves gave those players, but there were um, rumors that Kevin Maiton signed with the Braves because they basically bought them a place to live in yes. Florida. Him and his brother, that is. Um, so while it is wrong, it's against the rules. I'm not condoning it in any way, but to say that that's exploiting a player by doing that, you're benefiting the player. Like you're helping the guy out. Right. Um, so while morally it still isn't right, as far as the rules go, you're not, it's not like you're paying less money for the guy. Um, so those two things just don't, they don't go together. I mean, it's apples and oranges when you're comparing those two. Um, and you know, I think, I think we're going to see this more often with other teams too, where younger guys are seeing the way the free agent market plays out yeah. and, uh, are seeing, you know, and until the CBA changes, obviously, you know, your first three years in the big leagues, you're, you know, your max you're going to make is, I would say around a million bucks a year would be max because you're on a renewable contract and they, pay, they just pay you, you know, above the league minimum and that's right. all they're required to pay you right um and then obviously the only thing that kind of goes against that is all the record-setting arbitration hearings that have been happening where players yeah. are winning arbitration arbitrations for the first time since the 80s um so that's i guess the players just want that money now they mm-hmm. they see the the what is it seven figures now and it's just more enticing to them and, you yeah. know, maybe some of these players are happy. Look, the, I'm, I'm not trying to stereotype or anything, but some of these players come from backgrounds where a million dollars a year yeah. is like a billionaire in their country. I mean, right. it's, it, and they're, I guess, even to a better point, they're more grateful. Like, they don't, they don't have to be satisfied with $30 million a year like mm-hmm. a Manny Machado. Uh, not saying that that's wrong, but just saying that yeah, they're more content no, with, you know, the security of signing a long deal when they – haven't really proved a whole lot, you know, right. they still have only played for a year or two. And maybe they so, didn't want to, you know, maybe they don't want to go through the whole arbitration process of having to right. go to court and stuff like that. So, And and one last thing, and then I'll, we'll move on from this because uh, it's really a lot on the Braves. But, um, you know, you look at Ender Enciarte now, while he has been rumored to be on the hot, you know, the trading block once uh, Pache gets called up, you know, he's still locked up until 2023, I believe. Mm-hmm. Acuna is now locked up until he's 30. Albies wanted to play with these guys. I mean, yeah. he said it himself. Him and Acuna are best friends. Like, he, yeah. he's his brother, and he loves him. He wants to play with him as long as he can. So, to sign this deal ensures that you're going to do that for at least right. the next five years. So. All right. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff there. But, yeah, we're going to move on to Phillies um, and the Athletics, our two teams of the week. Um, so I, I kept an eye on Philadelphia this week, uh, and they they played average ball. Not as uh, Bryce Harper was pretty quiet this week. Um, they went three and three, had a six game homestand, uh, one two against the Twins and dropped one, and then one one versus the Nationals, and then lost two to them. Um, Jorge Polanco hit for the cycle against them on Friday for the Twins. So shout out to Polanco there, first cycle of 2019. Um, Reese Hoskins had himself a nice little week. He hit a home run Saturday, and then he hit another on Sunday to put him ahead. It was a game winner. 
and then he hit two more home runs on Monday against the Nationals. So he he had a nice uh, a nice week. He's he's off to a nice start. Really, I think Hoskins even more so than Harper. Maybe just because Harper just showed up, but but Reese is really kind of the heartbeat of that team, and he's kind of been that way ever since he came up at the end of 2017 and hit all those home runs. Where he he's the one that came up and hit like 20 homers or something in like 50 something games at the end of that year was just mm-hmm. mashing the ball. And I really think as he goes, the Phillies go, because he, he really brings some energy and some life to them. Because they weren't really – when he got hit in the face last year, um, they weren't really the same without him out there. Uh, but he had a nice week. Uh, Zach Eflin, uh, not a starter, you know, when you think of them, Pavetta, Arietta, Nola. But uh, Zach Eflin is off to a really nice start for them. He had a nice game against the Twins on Sunday through seven innings, six hits, one earned. Um, the one earned was a homer by Max Kepler. And he's got his ERA. He's had two starts. He's thrown 12 innings, struck out 14. And his ERA is a crisp .75. So he's off nice. to a nice start. You know, if they get good innings from him, that, that'll really help that rotation. Um, Tuesday, they they tagged Strasburg for six runs in four innings, um, and they were beating the Nationals six to five. Had the Nats down to their last strike in the top of the ninth, and then Victor Robles happened. He had a home run to tie it up, and then Doolittle came in and struck out Harper in the bottom the bottom of the ninth, and then uh, Juan Soto happened in the tenth. He had a three run dong to uh, put the put the uh, Nationals ahead to beat them in extras. So that one had to be a little heartbreaking for the Phillies. Um, a strike away from a win and getting tagged by the two young Nationals outfielders that they're banking on to replace Harper's production. And then Wednesday was just awful. They got freaking slaughtered by the Nationals 15-1. to <laughs> Pavetta got rocked. He gave up seven. And maybe the most embarrassing part is like they finally allowed Trevor Rosenthal to record an out. He actually managed to pitch a full inning against the Phillies. He hadn't recorded an out since then or before then. Um, but they got beat so bad that Aaron Altair came in and pitched on Wednesday. So, oh, wow. yeah, that was a bad, a bad game. Um, but they're, you know, they got Oduble and, like I said, Hoskins, Segura. They're all off to nice starts. Harper's off to a pretty good start. He was, he was pretty quiet this week. He didn't really do much um, with the bat. But they really need uh, Cesar Hernandez. He's hitting under 200 right now, and they need Kutch to pick it up too. He struck out 15 times and 38 at bats so far. Not good. Um, Michael Franco is also somebody that's been playing pretty good. A lot of pressure has been taken off him with all these additions, and he's been mm-hmm. bumped down to like the eighth spot. And he's actually hit the ball pretty well. Um, always had a lot of talent, but just never really done much with it. Um, but kind of the pressure's off of him, and he's played pretty well. Um, this weekend, they got Miami, JT Real Muto returning to the Marlins. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, they got, they've had some rocky starts for some of their pitchers. Uh, Pavetta obviously just got rocked by the Nationals. He hasn't had a great start. Nola hasn't had a great couple starts to start the year. 
Um, David Robertson, the big addition that was supposed to be the back end of their bullpen, has not pitched well either. His ERA is up over seven. And uh, I think they've been given Hector Neris the last couple save opportunities. And then Sir Anthony Dominguez, who came up last year and was electric, he's been kind of hit around too. Um, but Eflin and Arietta and Neshek and Adam Morgan have all been throwing well. So I, I expect Nola and to maybe a lesser extent Pavetta to figure it out. And that could be a good top four. I mean, it is still early. We are still in the second week of the season. So right. small yeah, sample sizes. Reliever ERAs are yeah going to come down. Small sample sizes, and especially small samples for pitchers. We're talking mm-hmm. about two, two, three starts max. Um, but there was some news that came out today that they checked in on Madison Bumgarner. Hmm. Um, who apparently the Giants are shopping and probably will continue to shop as long as they sit in the cellar in San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but that would be – I'm sure that addition to the Phillies would not please you or other no, NL East or fans. any Braves fans. Yeah, that would be a pretty nasty one-two there between Mad Bum and Aaron Nola, giving them the big lefty at the top of their rotation. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Phillies, that, that's three and three for the week. Uh, how about the A's this week? Well, so the A's started off. Um, I'm going to just pick it up the first series that they started yep. when we started this because they, they played pretty well against Boston uh, at the beginning of the week and they ended on that Thursday, the two, three or four. Uh, but yep. then they went to Houston and got swept by Houston. Uh, they got walked off on the last day. Um, trying and came in and, and uh, got walked off on. Um, really, I just want to kind of touch on some of the guys that are really standing out because one mm-hmm. in particular to me that I – this has completely been a shock to me um, is Marcus Simeon. If you look at his numbers uh, – let me get them. I got them on my notes, but I'm on the wrong slide. All right, here we go. Uh, Marcus Simeon, he's hitting 323 right now. He's slugging 538 and OPS and 922. Um, he's having an excellent start to the year. I know they're excited about him at uh, shortstop. They're missing Matt Olson right now. He's had surgery on his hand. He's been out for a few weeks. Now, or uh, He's only played in two games, uh, the two. And uh, uh, where was it? Japan, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think is where he played. And then he had, he had uh, surgery on his hand. He's expected to be out five to seven weeks. Um, so Kendrys Morales has been getting some starts at first base for him. Mm-hmm. Um, not doing particularly well. Uh, as far as any of the other players, they're getting some nice production out of Josh uh, Fedgley. I can never say this guy's name right. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Um, but he's hitting a cool three thirteen, and his OPS is almost at one right there. He's got three homers. Um, Chris Davis, though, let's just take a moment, folks, to appreciate and just and just let's just appreciate Crush Davis is what they called him in an article that I was reading this morning. Yeah. Uh, so when I really started to hone in on the on the uh, the athletics here was that series against Baltimore. Um, I believe they were the MLB TV game on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, I think it was was the day that it was, but Chris Davis. On Tuesday and Wednesday, hit two home runs in both games, um, back-to-back days of two homers. Ton of power. You know yep. he's going to hit for 247 average every yep. year, so you can pretty much write that down. Um, um, the problem they do have, though, is their strikeouts. You talk about 
Ramon Lariano, who's in center field, who is an excellent glove and arm, by the way. I don't know if he, it's not really in the week that I'm covering him, but he threw a guy out from basically the wall at third yep. base. He threw Xander Bogarts out um, and then threw another guy out. I think he threw Xander out again that next he, night at home. He threw Mookie. The, was it yeah. Mookie? He threw some Mookie out at third one night. He may have thrown Bogarts okay. out. Okay. I may, so I may have gunning him people. flipped. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, he's got an absolute cannon, and that's something, you know, you talk about Cespedes was there for a little while. They find those – they just seem to find those outfielders with those cannons. We know about yeah. their hot corner defense with Matt Chapman, and obviously mm-hmm. when Matt Olsen is healthy, you know, they lean a lot on their defense here. Yeah. They both won um, gold gloves last year. Right. And I, th- I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that Matt Olson got the platinum glove, did he not, for I'm, best all-around? I'm not sure. He may have. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, you know, the thing that's going to be their Achilles heel um, is going to be that rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm just going to tell you the names, and that ought to do it enough justice yep. here for you. All right. Marco Estrada, Brett Anderson, Frankie Montas, Aaron Brooks, and Mike fires who is pitching tonight uh other than brett anderson all of those guys have over a three era with three of them having over a four era now granted these are they've only pitched you know an average of 18 innings a piece but between between the five starters they've given up uh 15 home runs over the course of – I can't count all those innings right now. But 15 home runs from your starters. Uh, the walk numbers are a little higher than you'd like. They're averaging about three and a half uh, walks per nine. The strikeout numbers aren't great. Nobody in the starting rotation uh, has a higher K-9 than 7.4. Um, so they're not missing a lot of bats, and they're giving up some hard-hit balls. Um, but the bullpen's still still solid. Uh, obviously, you know what you got with Trinan in the back. And then Trivino is another guy they're really high on. Hendricks, uh, I believe Hendricks was an opener in the postseason last year. Yeah. Um, they trust him a lot. Um, they're, and the bullpen, uh, they are missing bats. You look at all their K-9s. You've got an 11 from Trinan. Uh, and you've got 10 from Trivino. And then 13 and a half uh, from Butcher, but he's only thrown uh, four and two-thirds inning. Uh, so they're, they're going to lean on that bullpen a lot. I think they're still a starter away from really contending in this uh, in this league. I think they can contend in this division because I do think Houston is down this year as compared to last year. Um, but going forward, uh, they're going to hit the road again. They're going to go to a division rival in Texas. Maybe they can figure some things out there. They are coming off of a, of a, you know, they won three out of four at Baltimore. You'd like to get all four of them, but three out yeah. of four in the MLB is a, is a good day. Um, a, a real quick note about this. This is kind of sad. This really doesn't have anything to do with the athletics, but the attendance for those games in Baltimore, uh, 6,000, 7,700, 7,900, 8,300. Uh, that, that's, that hurts to see that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, to see the attendance as low as it is. But they're going to, or, sorry, they're going to Texas on a three-game win streak. Um, they're playing tonight. I think they, ju- they just started right like over an hour ago. I haven't looked at to see what the score it's, is. Six uh, four Texas right now, top six. All right, I had to get the intern on that one. Yeah. Um, but going forward, I mean, they, their next five games are going to be against divisional opponents. Uh, like I said, three game series at Texas. They're going to come home. 
and take on Houston again, maybe get a little bit of a revenge there. Um, but going forward, like I said, I think they're still a piece in that rotation away. I don't know if they're going to have to – I don't know if they're the team that's going to go out and acquire a big-time big, big time arm like a Bumgarner, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't surprise me because we've seen in years past where they have gone out and acquired some guys to uh, to play for them. You know, John Lester uh, a few years back. Um, yeah. You talk about Familia last year. They went out and got him. He was a big bull t- bullpen arm uh, that was on the market. So it wouldn't surprise me. I think they still do need to make that move. Because, um, yeah. like you said, now a guy that they are um, hoping can crack the rotation soon, uh, Jesus Lazardo. Lazardo. Yeah. Lazardo. Yeah. They they love this guy. They think he has yeah. ace potential. Um, yeah, as but, I said, they have some young arms that they're high on, but they're just hurt, like Puck. And, right. Uh, and, and so is Lazardo, too. Lazardo is out right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's a rotator cuff injury, which is never a good sign. No. Shoulders are always worse than arms. I've Elbows. always said that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because an elbow can be surgically repaired. A shoulder can, but you run into a lot more of uh, arthritis and tendonitis, and yeah. like more ligament issues, lingering yeah. ligament issues with the shoulder. Shoulders are um, bad news. But if they can get him. Get him back. I know uh, Manaya is going to be out for most of the year, if mm-hmm. not all of it. Um, if they can get some of those guys back towards the end, if they can just kind of stay afloat yeah. with the makeshift rotation they have now um, and then get these guys in come, say, August at the latest and make a push, maybe acquire an arm. Um, not not an ace, but, you know, someone of, of a two or three or a four yeah. type. Right. Uh, I think they've got all – I mean, obviously, I said their defense is fantastic. Their offense is, is really good right now. They need some more out of Jerks and Profar. You know, they acquired him this offseason. My thought was a good move for them uh, to replace mm-hmm. that hole that Jed Lowry left. Um, but he has not been hitting well right now. Granted, like we said, all these numbers are can be skewed because uh, it is such a small sample size. But his OBP right now is at 212, um, yeah. which is not good. He's – He's uh, struck out 10 times and 62 at-bats. Um, so not getting a lot of extra base hits either out of those. Out of the the uh, four, or 15 hits that he has, 11 are sing- – oh, sorry. No, no. Out of the 11 hits that he has, uh, seven of them are singles. So yeah. no, he's got two stolen bases. But, I mean, you got to get on base to get more of those and right. kind of use that speed to your advantage. So. Yeah. He's got get some more out of him. Um, Piscotti not hitting great in the outfield either. Two nineteen average, struck out fifteen times. Yeah. So he's uh so Piscotti's two for three tonight with an RBI, and Profar is one for two with the RBI double. So they they, they heard it. me before I said <laughs> it. They knew all along that I was gonna call them out. Yep, they did. Um, sure did. So, but good deal. Good stuff. Um, we would be remiss. Also, one thing I forgot, Tommy Pham set the Rays franchise record. He's got on base like 44 straight games or something. Good for Tommy. And then Eloy Jimenez hit his first two home runs tonight for the White Sox. Nice. Um, so good for him also. Um, who do we got next week? What, what teams are we watching this week? Uh, well, real no. quick, I'm going to say something else so I can stall to look it up, too. Okay. If you did not see Ronald Acuna's home run last night. Oh, that one that scraped the moon? 
mercy. There's no way it only went 462 feet. Yeah. Um, he absolutely murdered that baseball. Um, so next week, Ben, you will have your favorite small market team in the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. Awesome. Um, first place in the AL East, and I will take on the much hated, and I hate them so much, Mets. They're killing the Braves right now. So, right. which they'll so, be easy to watch the first two games because they'll be playing Atlanta. Yeah, there you go. But then again, it's going to hurt. Man, the Mets, I'm telling you, if they hit like they've been hitting the last two games, they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. In this division. Sure. Very tough. So, a lot of good pitching. We'll get to watch this week. A lot of yeah. good pitching between uh, Tampa and, and the Mets. Looking forward to that. Looking forward. Hopefully, Tommy Pham can keep his on base streak up so we can talk about that. Um, It'll be fun. We're going to take a quick little break, and when we get back, we'll talk some college hoops, national championship game, some Rick Barnes, all that good stuff. So stick with us, and we'll be right back. This is Blake. This is Ben. We are here on Friday, April the 12th. We are a mere 15 days away from Wiffle Ball opening day. Anyone who lives in the Mount Pleasant area of Murray County community or anywhere else invited to my house the 27th to play Wiffle Ball. I'm excited about that. This is our third season. Uh, we're hoping to play a lot more than we normally do. So you guys come on out. Have some fun. Ben, we almost lost... Uh, one of the best coaches probably in Tennessee basketball history yeah. already. If you talk about uh, what the records that he's set as far as weeks at number one, and obviously more than one would be a record. But, uh, you know, tying the, the school record for wins, probably going to tie some sort of school record for draft picks, I would assume, because I think there's a good chance that three players get drafted. I really – I think – I think Kyle can maybe sneak in in the late second round just because of, you know, the upside that people may see in him. Mm-hmm. And obviously Admiral and Grant, I think, are, wow, I sound like I was 13 again there for a second. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Admiral and Grant are going to, uh, I think, both get drafted in the first round. Um, speaking of that, Grant Williams obviously declaring for the draft, pretty much a lock to be drafted in the first round. So he's probably gone. Um, but kind of back to the Rick Barnes thing for anyone who wasn't paying attention at all this week, Rick Barnes was considering, uh, to say the least, I guess, an offer from UCLA worth now reported to be 6 million a year Yeah, uh, to come over there and coach them on the West coast. Ended up Tennessee, anted up the money, finally decided that Rick Barnes was a top three coach in, uh, in the country, I think I read today he's now the third highest paid he's, coach in the country. Yeah, behind Cal and Kay. Mm-hmm. And uh, with Izzo right behind him at 415. Barnes getting $4.75 million. It was about a million and a quarter uh, raise for him. Um, but obviously the big kicker here for Rick Barnes was the money to his assistants. 
which is kind of ironic because two of his head assistants left this year. Right. So um, Barnes pulling the right strings, I guess you could say. I don't, I, you know, when I first read this and I saw <coughs> money being brought up a lot, um, it kind of shocked me a little bit because I never saw Rick Barnes to be a guy that would be so concerned with money. But then the when money. you dig deeper, it wasn't money for him. It was money for his guys. Now, obviously, he wanted a pay raise, too. But that yep. wasn't – I don't think that was the most attributing factor to this conversation that he had with UCLA. Um, so what are your thoughts there? What do you think about uh, the initial offer to Barnes um, from UCLA and kind of how the the uh, Vols show that they're serious about basketball now? Yeah, you know, like I was really mad about this whole thing. Uh, we were kind of texting that day, and you could tell I was – I was kind of heated about the whole ordeal. Um, so I was kind of like you, you know, when it first came out and people were freaking out about it on Twitter, we were both kind of like, there's no way like, he's not leaving. He's just trying to get a pay raise. Like, you know, I think, and then the next morning it kind of seemed, and Chris Lowe kind of tweeted about it. And anytime he's pretty reliable, like anytime Lowe started talking about stuff, I'm like, okay, this is probably, you know, pretty good information. And, uh, you know, I think maybe UCLA saw that maybe Rick Barnes wasn't entirely happy in, with the situation at Tennessee, and they swooped in there and about got him a really good coach that could probably bring their. You know, they're trying to rebuild a a storied program, um, mm-hmm. and that's. I mean, that's got to be enticing to anybody to go coach at UCLA. Um, but yeah, I mean, like when it when it first happened, I was like, you know, there's no way he's leaving. He's built something at Tennessee. He's real close to Hickory. Uh, he's 64. Uh, I just didn't see that as viable. But then, you know, we started hearing all this stuff about nobody went to, you know, nobody went to his ceremony, which I don't really think that's a big deal. But um, just kind of the level of respect, I wasn't really sure was there for the basketball program. Um, and that's kind of what was ticking me off more than anything. Like, I kind of felt like Fulmer may have just been being a little cheap or something. And, and, you know, because they have no problem cashing out money for football. And, I mean, I understand exactly. that. I understand that. You know, Tennessee is a football school, no matter how good the basketball team will ever be or ever will be. They will always be a football school. And they have no problem cashing out money for those assistants. But let's not act like it's going to break the bank for them to pay a little more to keep a Hall of Fame coach around or pay his assistants because it's not. It's not going to break them to do that. And that's what was making me mad. Um, you know, my, I text my mom about it. I was like, it looks like Barnes might be leaving. And she was like, well, she said she didn't know the whole story. She was like, that's really disappointing. You know, uh, I, I might lose some respect for him for leaving for the money. And I was like, well, I was like, I think I might lose some respect for Fulmer, honestly, if he lets him go like that. Exactly. So that's kind of where my thinking was. I was really more pissed off at at Phil. It seemed like he may have been in over his head a little bit and just being a football director, not an athletics director, and just a whole mm-hmm. just it's not hard to show some respect for your other programs, especially one that just had the greatest season in the history of Tennessee basketball, one of the greatest seasons. So I was pretty hot about it. I'm glad they actually did uh, pony up and keep him around. Thank God they did that because it could have been really disastrous if he if he would have left. So that's my thoughts on the whole matter. 
but right i mean i'd kind of i mean i would agree with that i know initially i was mad at barnes but like i said i was i felt kind of misinformed yeah um once i found out that it was for his guys that's what he wanted the money for you know i, I can get that mm-hmm. um you know he he is a top tier coach in college basketball like i was telling you a few days ago i don't know if he's a top tech tactical coach as far as x's and o's but you can yeah. definitely see the player development that he can oh, do yeah. um and kind of the family mentality and uh, everyone buying into the same goal mentality that he culture. instilled yeah. right so i mean and it's 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 nice to finally see something not go horrifically wrong for tennessee right uh, i know when the first report initially came out you know i told you i was you know there's no way and then yeah. i said all right maybe 20 percent chance he goes and then the next morning I wake up and get on Twitter and I'm like, all right, I'm 50-50. And you had already jumped all the way in like, oh, he's gone. Yeah, I, I thought he was. I honestly, I mean, at that point I was like, this is just how things go for Tennessee. Like, he's probably gone. Like, I just assumed. But, uh, well, uh, ended up staying. So that's good for the Vols. Keep that consistency yep. there. Um, and then obviously, you know, if you lose Rick Barnes, you're most likely going to lose your five-star uh, lottery pit coming in and Josiah yeah. James. Yeah. Um, there, he'd have no problem getting out of that L- LOI with the coach leaving. Right. Um, you know, as far as the Vols go, uh, I know I saw today they were trying to get a four-star junior to reclassify and join this year's class. So anyone mm-hmm. holding on hope that Jordan Bone would come back, I think that pretty much puts that to rest. Um, when they're trying to pull some more guys into this class. Um, I can't remember the kid's first name, but his last name was Cone. Yeah. I think it's Jordan Cone, if you guys want to look him up. He's a four-star guard. Um, been really high on Tennessee's radar. He's supposed to be announcing you know, his commitment soon, but they were wanting him to go ahead and just, if he does go to Tennessee, go ahead and join this class so they could get him earlier. Um haven't heard anything as far as out of the transfer portal. I know there was some talk earlier, like in the very early part of the season, that the Kent's kid from, uh, I believe he's from the state of Indiana, Zach Kent's, he'd sat out all year for injury as a freshman. There was a little bit of rumbling that maybe he wasn't happy where he was. Um, as far as that, it looks like the Vols roster is pretty much set going into next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, consistency is the main thing that that keeping Barnes brings forward um, and so these guys who have instilled so much or have been instilled so much by Barnes um, with of, of course Bowden and Turner and Fulkerson it's just I'm, I feel happy for those guys that the guy who's been here all along is going to be there for them um, as they continue to go on throughout their career because um, can you just imagine if you're Bowden or Turner and uh, you know this you you bought totally into this guy um and you know he's become like a father figure to you and then your senior year he leaves uh he not just up and leaves but he's not there um you know that 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 would have had to been tough so just for their sake as well and their development too i think it's important that they stayed um as far as uh I, i saw today they officially announced the new assistant coach kim english Played at Missouri in 2009 and 2012. Played with my Detroit Pistons for a year. Um, got drafted by them in the second round. He was actually one of the hottest names on the assistant coach uh, list 
coming into this off season. He's from uh, he last coached at Colorado. Um, I, I can't. I don't even know if the guy's thirty. To be honest with you, he can't be if he played uh, college ball in two thousand and twelve. Um, he's probably right around thirty. He's about twenty nine or twenty eight or so. I'll check that out later. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as this Tennessee team, you know, you're losing a lot of guys, but then you start talking about if you do talk this four star, uh, junior into reclassifying, you're bringing in a five star and a four star and a couple three stars who a lot of people seem to like. I know the, the stretch four and Drew Pember coming out of, uh, Tennessee. A lot of people like him. He has an excellent ability to shoot the ball from outside, which is something I think you kind of need to pair with the bigs that we have. Um, when you think about Fulkerson, doesn't really have an outside game. Walker doesn't. Um, we don't know what DJ Burns has, so um, to maybe pull in a, a stretch four there would be a nice mix. Um, but that's about it for the Vols. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about with them before we kind of talk about the national championship and wrap that up a little bit as far as uh, the tournament goes? No, that, that kid's name was Jalen Cohn. Um, Jalen Cohn, okay. Yeah, we could be going from Jordan Bone to Jalen Cohn at the point guard spot. Uh, no, I don't, I don't have anything else. You hit it pretty well. Um, but, yeah, the tournament wrapped up Monday night. Virginia winning it all. Good for them. I'm, I'm happy for them winning, getting their first title. You know, they lost to the 16 seed. That was pretty humbling for them. Um, uh, 85-77 in OT, they take down Texas Tech. And the guy that you said you didn't love that much, DeAndre Hunter, led the way 27 oh, no, points, nine man. boards. Most Goodness. of that in the second – the first 18 minutes of the game, he didn't score. So he scored 27 almost all in the second half. Uh, he, he was going crazy. And then, of course, Kyle Guy had 24-2 and then uh, hit the three big free throws um, with half a second to go. Um, they pretty much held, held Culver in check. He really had a rough – Culver kind of had a really rough um, Final Four. Um, and he, he, did, he did end up having a few points in the game, but he did not shoot well. Um, and really, whenever, whenever Tech got down by 10, I think they got down by 10 a couple times. And I thought they probably – you know, I don't think they can overcome this with the way Virginia's defense is. Um, but they did. They overcame it, and it was a really a good game. Uh, I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was – it started off slow. Nobody was really doing much, but it heated up there in the second half and the overtime and ended up being a really good game. Uh, DeAndre Hunter just went – he went nuts there. Yeah, in the I mean, half. all I could think about there in the second half when I was watching there towards the end um, with him taking over was me basically calling him <laughs> out. Yeah, uh, he solidified himself as a lottery pick in that game. Oh, for I think because sure. I mean people were already high on him just because of raw talent, raw ability. Yeah. Um, but what he showed in that game, he's definitely going lottery now. Yeah, I think him and Culver uh, both will. Yeah, no, I, I I'd agree with that. <laughs> I've seen some projections where Culver is up in the top five. Yeah, he's really um, good. So. You know, good good story though storyline as far as Virginia yeah. going from pretty much. I mean, I guess worst to first when you lose as a number one overall seed to the lowest sixteen seed, or I guess it would be the highest sixteen seed. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, it's kind of a, like a worst to first story in a sense. Uh, so I know that the people writing about that game that helped them out a lot. 
Um, Tony Bennett. Yeah. He's probably going to get a pay raise, I would assume, going into yeah. this offseason. Uh, I mean, that's that's kind of it. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good tournament. Um, yeah. It's fun. You know. It was a lot of chalk. A lot of chalk held mostly. Um, it was, but you think about end, Until we got kind of toward the end there with with Duke getting beat and Texas Tech right. making it in there. But the first right round, the, I guess. And in the final four, you had three teams who had never yeah. won it before, which I liked yeah. that. I think that's I did cool. too. Yeah, I did too. Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun tournament. Always a fun time of the year. And uh, Vols fans, don't take this year for granted. We said it all year long. Enjoy the ride. I know it didn't end the way you wanted it to. Um, but this is probably the best season Tennessee basketball is going to have. Um, I'm not going to say ever, but it's going to be hard to match the amount of talent that they had on this team, um, you know, barring any extreme circumstances. Uh, I just, you know, I think this is, you know, one for the ages, uh, one, yeah. a once in a generation type team for Tennessee. Um, so glad to be a part of it and get to talk about it with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we're going to take one last quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to just tidy up some other stuff. We want to talk about some other stuff and then, uh, take some questions and we're going to head out the door. So stick with us for one last little segment. guys uh last little segment here heading out the door not a lot of questions this week um but some other fun stuff we can talk about uh first off i want to i don't know if you watch i i love masters weekend tiger has an actual legit chance at winning he's the odds on favorite now in vegas which also Ooh. means there's a lot of money coming in on him but he shot yeah. a 70 on thursday and a 68 today birdied 11 which is the hardest hole at augusta and he's one back of the lead right now and almost got his achilles tour <laughs> yeah by a security guard trying to freaking take him out the guy should have been fired on the spot uh but he he like like he has his swagger he's hitting he hit a good shot on the approach on a par three and he just looked like the old tiger swagging out out there i hope he freaking wins it man it'll be awesome i just uh, <clears throat> I uh, real quick, I want to butt in on that. You go for uh, it. So when you're talking about, I I did watch a little bit today on. Well, I'm not gonna say it out loud, but I did get to see a little bit of the Masters <laughs> today. Uh, I don't really watch a lot of the golf, but yeah. I'll tell you what: if Tiger's playing good, I'm one of those one of those fans. If Tiger's playing good, yeah, watching. Yeah, I'll uh, oh yeah, I'll watch it. Oh yeah. But uh, when you're talking about Tiger being back, it reminds me of that uh. The court that uh, part in I'm trying to remember which Harry Potter it is. I think that it is the Order of the Phoenix. Um, no, I don't know which one it is, but it's when Dumbledore and Harry are at the Ministry of Magic and a uh, Cornelius Fudge comes in after Voldemort, oh, yeah, yeah, right after right before Voldemort disappeared. And he says, 
He's back. He's back. He's back. <laughs> That's what I think of when you say Tiger's back. Um, He's back, I'm a doubter. He is back. And, but, yeah, I mean, like you, there's a lot of people that are like that. When Tiger's playing, they're going to watch just because how much excitement. There's no other There's no other golfer that brings that much excitement None. like Tiger does. He just can't. Jordan Spieth, yeah, he's awesome. But he's played horrible this season, and he and it's just not, not that exciting. There's a lot of other great golfers, but nobody does it like Tiger does it. And it's it's, it's a awesome. swagger, man. It's the straight yeah. swagger that he has that no one else has in golf. Nobody. It's awesome. Um, something else uh, you guys have probably heard us on here. I feel like we've talked about Star Wars before, but new trailer for episode nine dropped out today. Um, new title, Rise of Skywalker. Uh, Blake, what do you think? You know, neither of us were really thrilled with episode eight, the the Last Jedi. So what about the new title, new trailer that we saw, a little teaser trailer? What did you think about it today? I mean, I'm trying to break it down like from the beginning to the end because there's only one thing that sticks out. And it's not a spoiler alert because it's just a freaking trailer. But yeah. Darth Sidious laugh at the end, yeah. my mind just starts going 100 miles per hour thinking of all the different theories that I've read and how what's going on. Yeah. Um, but so like after I heard that, I kind of forgot everything else that happened in the trailer. Yeah, I mean, it didn't show a lot. Like, they're not going to no, show it didn't. much. So, they're just going to set it up. I mean, I'm I'm skeptical, but I, I feel optimistic about it. I'm mm-hmm. hoping they totally just forget about Episode 8 and never play it ever again and just skip. I wish they could just tie in 6, or sorry, 7 and 9 and just pretend like there was no 8. Yeah. Um, because that would be nice. But... they keep saying it's the end of the saga, end of the saga, end of the saga. I feel like they're about to tie something full circle here. Like, I feel like there's a huge plot twist coming. Yeah. Um, I don't know what though. I don't want to sit here and just go off a hundred different theories, but right. The the rise of Skywalker, the rise of Skywalker. What does that mean? That just, that like, it's funny that you said that, like Lee just connects seven to nine and forget eight altogether because it almost feels that way because they went, because JJ Abrams did seven and now he's doing nine mm-hmm. and Ryan Johnson did eight and it almost feels like a course correction. And there's a couple right. reasons like, because in eight we saw, uh, Kylo told Ray, you know, like your parent, you know, the whole thing is like, who's Ray's parents? Is, is she a Skywalker? All this. And he exactly. told her that she, her parents were nobodies. And the whole theme of the movie was like, anybody can be a hero. You know, we saw the little uh-huh. boy at the end, like having the force. And that was one of the few things that I actually liked about episode eight. It was like anybody, you know, could become a Jedi and be a hero and right. all this. And I kind of no. liked that. Like they were kind of, it's always been about the Skywalkers. And I love that. But at the same time, it's kind of cool to think about, you know, others. But now episode nine is called Rise of Skywalker. So it's like, so can anyone be a hero or is it, you know, are we back to Skywalkers? So I'm a little like confused about that. And it almost does feel like they're trying to just wipe eight if that makes sense at all what well, so so i mean i get why they were kind of going back to this to the skywalkers because that's yeah. the whole basis of the right. entire series yeah exactly is 
I mean, the focal Skywalker. point of the entire series is it's always about Skywalkers. And yeah. the ripple effect that happened mm-hmm. because of the choices that he made um, and, and stuff. But eight was just. And I don't know. Eight, eight was just bad. Yeah, it was awesome, it was you know, at the end when uh, Ray was standing there and it was like the wreckage of the Death Star. And then he just heard that laugh of the Emperor. That was pretty awesome, honestly. So. I, I don't know, man. It's, we'll see. I'm sitting here in my brain trying to figure out why they would, why they would title it that. I mean, it's it's coming yeah. full circle. That's that's my final. Like, that's to. what I think is going to happen. Is somehow Palpatine's going to come back, and then some Skywalker, I don't know who, is yeah. going to end up helping Ray defeat him or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if Snoke. See, there was that whole theory that Snoke could potentially be uh, Anakin, or there was a theory that maybe he was uh, Darth Plagueis, who was Palpatine's the, master, who he killed. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. It's. I, I hope they tie it all together because I'm. I'm a big guy on storylines and how they tie yeah, together. This I one has a lot stuff. of loose ends right now oh yes and if it doesn't tie all of them i'm gonna be pissed because if this is truly the last of the series which i who knows man like we thought six we thought three was um people thought six was so who knows but if it doesn't tie all the holes or all the fix all the the holes that are open right now i'm gonna be pretty pissed because it'll be a long time if they ever come back to it Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, you know, Disney's not. They've already confirmed like a Mandalorian series on their Disney Plus. Like there, there's no way they're letting Star Wars die, which is almost it's almost oversaturated. But I was glad to see Billy D back in it as Lando, which also makes me skeptical they're just going to kill him because everyone else that they brought back they've just killed off. Except for except for Leia, they killed her and then didn't kill yeah. her. So we'll uh, see what happens. But, uh, but I mean, as far as the newer movies go, I like the anthrology series. Solo and Rogue One have been better than any of the new trilogy. Exactly. Yeah. Seven was just like a, a beefed up version of four. Yeah, I liked the eight. Force Awakens. It was fine. Yeah. yeah, no, it's still fine. Like, I was still, but the whole premise is basically the exact same, same. thing that happened yeah. in four. You know, the yeah, old guy, like a who the young person gets killed by someone that he trusts and. Or someone yeah. that he loved, and then they blow up a big circle thing. Like it's yeah. all the same. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, that's for sure. But then eight was just kind of like, hey, let's go get someone Where did who's this never from? watched Star Wars before and make them make a movie. Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. But anything else that you can think of you want to talk about? Uh, no. I know you got out the door this week, so we'll let you go ahead and hit us hard with that one. Yeah. All right. So um, out the door. Kinda, in a way. You kind of wrote this one for me because I don't really have an idea. Well, um, they wouldn't have known until you just said it. So, well, now they know. I like to be honest with our listeners, so uh-huh. they know I'm not messing with them. But you should have a decent answer since you wrote this down. All right, who <laughs> is your most hated sports rival, team, and player? And it can be. It doesn't have to be current. It can be past, present, future. You know, Bryce Harper's son when he's killing the Braves in the Yeah, what if he's a Braves, so. I just assume he'll be a national again. Nah, there's <laughs> there's one that just comes to mind uh right off the top of my head. When I first started watching the Braves hardcore back in like oh eight and oh nine, 
The Phillies were in their Jimmy heyday. Rollins. Yeah, well, not any particular player on that team. Yeah. But I hated the Phillies just in general because they always got all the good players and they always beat the Braves. And they were good. And, uh, I'm trying to remember the pitcher. Derek Lowe had a like a no-hitter going into the seventh inning against the Phillies, and I hated him. And uh, I was like, man, I'm going to get to watch my first no-hitter. Like, I watched the whole game, and he's got no hits through six innings. And then they get a base hit, so add that to the fire. You know, they won a World Series, add that to the fire. Yeah. Um, and I think that hate's coming back now because they're kind of building <laughs> that momentum back up. So, it's a, yeah. it's a fast rival as far as team goes, and it's starting to become a present. But if, if the Mets keep playing like this against the Braves, that'll change real yeah. quick. Um, do you got a team off the top of your head that you really hate? Oh, yeah, the Cubs. I hate the Cubs. The Cubs can go. I hope they don't win another World Series for another 108 years. Uh, I can't stay. I, I I loved Joe Madden when he was in Tampa. I mean, we are, we are, you mentioned how I kind of like Tampa as my small market team. I loved Joe when he was in Tampa. I freaking hate Chicago Joe Madden. The guy's a jerk. He sucks. They employ a woman beater at shortstop and Addison Russell. The guy's a psychopath. Uh, they're just – I hate them. I hate the Cubs. I hate them. And, and it's not like – they ne- not haven't necessarily been that great. Like, they won the World Series a couple years ago. But they've been bottom dwellers a lot, too. Um, but then they kind of worked back to being in contention. I don't – they just kind of – like, they feel like – they act like they're top class, like they're better than everybody else. Like, they're one of the top franchises in the National League. They're, they're really not. I mean, I know that they have some history around them. They're like the Yankees like, without the history. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I know Wrigley's historic and everything, but it's also a freaking dump hole, and the city of Chicago is a war zone. So, yeah, I'm not, not, a, huge, uh, not a huge Cubs fan at all. What about players for you? This one was hard for me because it kind of comes in phases because when players yeah. are in their prime and playing really well, it's easier to hate them then. Yeah. Uh, so I like try to th- – because I don't know if there's a player right now that I just hate. Because I just – I don't know. I just – I can't think of any off the top of my head. But I am going to go back to the Phillies in the late mm-hmm. 2000s. Ryan Howard. Um, no, he's a pitcher. Uh, Cole Hamels. Oh, Hamels. Yes. He always killed the Braves. And all this hate is just based on you beat my team and I don't like that kind yeah. of – Rivalry for me, it's not like you did something wrong. I did hate Yasiel Puig for a couple years, especially that year he got on the cover of the show and he didn't even do anything the year before yeah. to deserve it. Um, but, yeah, I think Cole Hamels is probably, when I look back at all the players I've hated, I probably hated him the most out of anybody. Um, so, for no particular reason other than he just beat the Braves. So Yeah. Uh, my player is not a Cubs player or any type of like big rival with the Cardinals. I freaking hate a rod, man. The guy's just, uh, he's just sleaze. He's a slime ball. He repeatedly denied using steroids and everybody knew he did it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're slime too. Ortiz, for some reason, the media loves David Ortiz, and we all know that he's because this is his city. A Rod is slime, he repeatedly denied it. And then, when the time was perfect for him to get more media attention, he admitted to it. 
he's a loser, man. All those guys are losers. Like, just admit to it, and it'll be fine. But just, no, you just have to lie. Ryan Braun, you should have gave Matt Kemper MVP. Just <laughs> come on, like A Rod sucks. I don't know why Jennifer Lopez wanted to be with him. Probably because he has a bunch of money. But she has a bunch of money too, so you didn't well, need it, Jayla. Married like five guys. That's it's true. Just gonna last. Yes. It's just she a has been married like twenty-seven times, as many rings as the Yankees have. I'm banking has. on me being the thirtieth one. So I can retire. <laughs> I can retire at twenty-seven. Well, that's gonna be news to your fiance that you're supposed to be <laughs> marrying in, in a couple months. <laughs> I should be all right with it. <laughs> oh man. Well, I think that. Uh, pretty much wraps up here you got anything else no just remember i've got the mets hate the mets this week and you've got the rays tampa you know talk about them next week um nothing real big coming up the draft is about two weeks away we may touch a little bit on that next week kind of what we think titans should go after yeah yeah, we're pretty much out of basketball now, so yeah we'll have to fill that gap in with something else yeah because we're certainly not going to talk about hockey uh, no, uh, especially <laughs> when want- the Preds lose at home in the playoffs. So. Yikes. If you yeah. want to listen to someone talk about hockey, go check out the Hattie podcast. That's all they talk about. So, yep. Yeah, they know what they're talking guys, about. They, they know hockey. We don't. So you can go yep. listen to them talk about all that stuff. Yep, that for sure. Stuff. For sure. All right, well, we're going to get off. Um, appreciate you guys listening to us. We'll be back next week. Shout out Jay the Milkman Cutler. Um, and uh, oh, we'll talk to you guys next week. So, peace.